Welcome to this year's TIFF Intercut Explains, where we're going to be previewing all of the good stuff that's coming out at the Toronto International Film Festival. I'm your co-host, Arturo Surita, and joining me, ready for a double-double at Tim Hortys, it's Zachary Shevich. Ooh, all that caffeine and sugar coursing through my veins. Can't fall asleep on a five or six movie day with, with Tim Horton by my side. Only popcorn and, like, the smells of butter and <laughs> the boom poutine because we're not in, I think, Quebec or Montreal who actually does it right. But, hey, we go mm-hmm. to Toronto, not for the cuisine. Yeah, and not for the Tim Hortons. There's not a very conveniently well, I'm, I'm Tim Hortons There's located <laughs> it's a by Tiff. Yeah, you have to kind of, like, venture away from the festival to get it. The, you know, they say that's what makes it even better. You know, it's, it's you venturing <laughs> out of your way that makes these uh, film festivals in general uh, the place to be. This is a year where they're not going to be doing a split digital to um, in person. I think it's going to be all in person. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be a list of movies that I think will have most releases throughout the rest of this year. But uh, a big part of this list is breaking down a lot of the movies that may not come out before December. Movies that we want to make sure are on your radar. If something's getting a premiere and it comes out the following week, we know you know about it. But we make these uh, little videos right here in order to be able to put something on your radar that may become your next must-watch movie. So, Zach, let's start breaking down some of the stuff at TIFF because you can head on over to the letterbox that they have i know a lot of people make lists it's always really good to go for tiff uh because letterbox is this headquarters thing where they will combine everything that the uh, institution or you know group whatever is putting together and they have an entire one that puts all of the movies for all of the categories in order now for my list I have a lot of them split into genres. Zach's going to have his split into uh, the, the categories at categories. the festival. Yeah. So we'll start with Zach's breakdown of the categories, and then I'll flesh in some of the other picks that we have here. But again, this is probably the best way to like keep a log of how many you've seen. Another really cool thing about this is, is that it's not so much you going to the festival and seeing all... 186 it's this Mm -hmm. idea of this is the lineup that speaks to toronto this year absolutely there's a lot of movies but what are the movies to keep on your horizon um so let's start with the no i was just gonna say that letterbox really is the best way to kind of break them down like the tiff website has all the information but i find it's it's like it's kind of hard to scroll sometimes like you might see this top top bar keeps coming down and like getting in the way of some yeah. of the stuff that I'm trying to read. So going by the letterbox list, which is nicely organized in that letterboxed format that you're probably familiar with, probably the best way to tackle uh, what is a gigantic slate. You know, we go to Sundance every year. We we do Toronto a lot. We were at South by earlier this year. You're coming to New York later this year. None of those festivals play quite as many films as the Toronto International Film Fest. It's like they're selling movies over there. <laughs> Except for the part where they're no longer selling movies. Most of these are picked up. Zach, do you miss the days when pe- when we would go to a film festival and wonder what is going to get that, like, the, the acquisition? I think the biggest one talked yeah. to me with uh, uh, A24 picking it up. But everything else, A24 already had. Past Lives. They already yeah. had a bunch of the other movies. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there's always still some acquisitions. Like, I see Flora and Son on your screen right now. And when we were, <laughs> when we were at Sundance, that was a big 
pickup for Apple. But yeah, uh, feels like less deals or at least less splashy deals being made at Toronto. The biggest one that I can remember last year was how to blow up a pipeline getting picked up. And obviously that's been a movie we talked about a lot this year, but it's different than the kinds of movies like uh, Coda or whatever that you see sometimes get it picked out right. of uh, yeah. Sundance and for, for lots and lots of money. Uh, and want to give a quick shout out to the super chat from Wiley, who we actually met up with at our uh, hey, Sundance. Hey, South by South at by South by exactly. Yeah, so he said want to send in the support while he while we enjoy the new movies. He's going to watch The Bear for a second time. Nice. Not a bad way to go about it. But yeah, we uh, we're going to get some movies on your radar that hopefully you'll be able to catch in the coming weeks, months, maybe year. Yup. Uh, if you boot up the one that you had right there on your screen. Uh, I want to show something on the schedule, or at least on the lineup for the TIFF website. Uh, on my screen? Yeah, on this one right here. If you go yeah. up to that little like ticker on the right side, you know how you kind of have yeah all those little different things right there? That's the schedule. If you click the one up there that kind of looks like a flag, right there, right to the right? Yeah, that. So... I, I, the only thing I will give the lineup is that you're able to like go through genres if you wanted to. That's how I like breaking down my stuff. But it does give you all the programs. So if you click the first one, which you're breaking down, which is the gala one, it will at least put all the gala stuff there. Um, as someone who really – and then, yeah, just go back to like the uh, the list, whichever list. Do you have a preferred one? For look, I like doing that one so you can get a little bit of plot description without yes. opening up the yeah. – Agreed. And that's what cool. I wanted to break that as well. So this will kind of give you like the entire lineup just for the gala presentations. Yeah. And uh, if I go to my other notes that I have over here, bro, one of these categories has like 46. Yeah. That just like makes me lose my breath just <laughs> just thinking about how many movies so are in much one go. But, hey, um, one, one more quick thing while we're still navigating the TIFF website. Something weird about when you go to films is that you have to click that date button and go to the schedule format in order to see this download button that allows okay. you to actually download the uh, CSV file of it. And at least in my experience, the CSV is a lot easier to navigate than this website, or, or um, at least for trying to find spots on your schedule. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we'll break down different ways that tips and tricks that we use. It can get a little annoying. And then uh, we'll also have like the venues that we're going to have to break down because a mm -hmm. lot of people forget that it's like it, it kind of depends on where you're going like that. That's a new movie right there. Lil Nas X, Long Live Montero. Like this is what I'm saying. It, it's it's you need to have one of these because I just went through the list in this past week. Brand new one right there. Yeah, exactly. But, they added that a little bit late. Zach, let's just start breaking down some movies. Get 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 some movies on people radar uh, on people's radar, and then yeah. we'll break down uh, how we plan on putting stuff together. But Zach, you had for your gala presentation a top three. Yeah, uh, let's start it out with my uh, number three, I guess here, which is Nyad. This is a movie that uh, has been on our radar for a little bit because it is the feature debut, the narrative feature debut, I should say, of Elizabeth Chai Vasarheli and Jimmy Chin, who we know as the documentarians behind Free Solo and The Rescue, as well as some other really interesting, mostly like outdoorsy and nature-themed documentaries. But this is a narrative film starring Annette Bening and Jodie Foster. Uh, Annette hey. Bening plays a woman who... 
uh, attempted to swim from Cuba to the U.S. without a shark cage, which sounds pretty uh, interesting. Um, not sure how they're planning to adapt it into a film, but with some really exciting actors involved, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they have in store here. Yeah, uh, and like you said, this would be their first narrative, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of their movies have been adapted into narratives, but I'd be curious to see what a documentarian is able to do with the actors and how they mix their techniques from documentarian, uh, documentary filmmaking to this. Absolutely. Uh, another film that I'm interested in uh, from the gala section, I'll go with Finest Kind over here. Uh, it is a film with another interesting cast, including... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Ben Foster, and of course, Jenna Ortega, who I think is going to be uh, probably one of the bigger names with the film at the festival. Uh, and it is a film, uh, a crime drama about a crew of fishermen on dangerous waters. Uh, I feel like, you know, uh, the the at sea genre and the hard boiled crime genre are two sort of, uh, are they're a good match for a movie and just with this cast, I feel like it's an interesting uh, film. Uh, it's world premiering at Tribeca as well. So I'll, I'm curious about this one um, and why they put it in the gala category. You know, they tend to, um, it, it's not the biggest category at the festival. There's only 20 films there. So, you know, uh, they're, they're tr spotlighting it hopefully for a reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you have know, 20. I, think... I have uh, 14 plus the one that I'm missing, I guess. Uh, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, you're right. 21 yeah. now. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So They also kicked one out. I don't know if you even got to see this one on the schedule. Uh, uh, which one? Put it over here. <laughs> so I just, I have my link, right? And as I put up my link, this is how I know. That this oh. was a URL. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. But it's okay because I like putting my letterbox with it as well. Punjab 95, bro. It's always a Middle Eastern movie in these festivals. If you remember Sundance a couple years back got rid of the uh, – there was like a jihad one. And they just very quietly got rid of it off the schedule. Mm. There was one in Toronto I think oh, last year yeah. that compromised – yeah, you know what I'm talking about. This is yet another one. I have not looked into it, but this was announced. I, there was some reports for it. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know anything about this movie, but it's gone. I saw a little bit uh, sident on, on Twitter, uh, or I guess X was talking about it. Uh, this is a, a documentary, I believe, uh, or maybe it's not, but it was a film about an activist uh, who is bringing a lot of attention to uh, the, the treatment, I believe, of... I want to say Muslims in India. I could be wrong. Maybe, it's, maybe I'm mixing it up with another film that got removed, and that's not it. So but, they uh, cut the attention of it? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it don't seems know. like they bowed to some kind of political pressure, which hey, not great, but not be the first time that a film festival did that. But there it is. Uh, hopefully, get some sort of other release. But that is one of the first things to note there of a movie that is gone. But I see the last pick that you had here was Lee, which I am also also very excited for. Yeah, I mean uh, the story of a photographer. Uh, who becomes a fashion? Uh, sorry, uh, a fashion. Uh, sorry, the fashion model who becomes a war oh. photographer is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I read a different uh, line, bro. I mixed. Uh, I got it the wrong direction. But the real reason I'm curious about this, it's not that it stars Kate Winslet, one of my favorite actresses, or Marion Cotillard, or Andrea Riseborough, or Alexander Skarsgård, or Andy Samberg. Weirdly enough, lots of people that I really Good like. Good for him. 
the reason that I'm particularly curious about it is that it's directed by Ellen Curris. Yes, uh, who, you know, while her directing spot record is maybe a little spotty, maybe not as filled out, as a cinematographer. Insane. You have it up there, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. She also worked with Michelle Gondry on Be Kind, Rewind. She did the cinematography uh, for, I think it's Tony Scott who did Blow. She did the cinematography for Spike Lee on He Got and Game, two. on Bamboozled, Boozled, on David bro. Byrne's American Utopia. She has shot so many iconic Films, films that look unbelievable. So if she's directing a film with as interesting of a premise and cast as this one, Lee is going to be high on my radar. Yeah, I had the exact same thing the last one that I would. Even Marty did three Marty docs, especially this one, Pretend It's a City, which is one of my favorites. And yeah. uh, I, I, too, am very curious to see how a movie uh, that's got a cinematographer just really accentuates that film language. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it. But totally Lee, a TIFF drama. I, I didn't even realize Andy Samberg was in it. I just yeah. like <laughs> skipped over his name because, <laughs> because of that. Um, but those would be your top three from the gala presentations. Uh, another one to mention that I would have here is The Boy and the Heron. This is obviously the yeah. big release from Miyazaki that a lot of people were going to go to Japan for. Uh, because that's the only place that was playing it. We didn't even have the images over here. The first stills have come out. I am very excited for this one. Uh, so this is definitely one of the ones that I have at the top of my list for the galas. Definitely. Uh, should we get into some special presentation films? Talk about it. All right. So special presentation, a lot of high-profile movies from big filmmakers. Uh, the first one I got up here is Evil Does Not Exist. This is the latest from the boy, Raisuke Hamaguchi, who more recently made Drive My Car. He also made The Beautiful Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy uh, two years ago. He's back with a film that is pretty highly acclaimed, although I've heard some things about it being uh, a little bit different than mm -hmm. uh, some of his previous work. But look, it, it's a fantastic director. The film, I believe, already premiered at Cannes to good reviews. Uh, it won't be the first time that we talk about a film that was well-received at Cannes that we're excited for at this festival. So yeah, I got Evil Does Not Exist on my list al alongside uh, American Fiction. We were talking about this one a bit off of stream, uh, but I, I don't know if you, oh, you're hyped like for, on this one too. Yeah, this is the directorial debut of Cord Jefferson, who, although hasn't really done a lot in film, he's done a lot of work in TV, writing for shows like The Good Place, Master of None, uh, more stuff recently like Watchmen, uh, and he and he's just sort of got this like really strong track record that makes me want to know. Oh, Station Eleven is the other one that I love. Mm -hmm. Makes me really curious in what he wants to do next. I, I've heard some interviews with him. He sounds like a very interesting guy. And this film is an adaptation of a novel uh, that is about a English professor who tries to expose the publishing uh, world. Uh, and it, I don't know, it, he seems like the kind of writer who can handle that, but it also has a cast that sounds exciting, particularly Jeffrey Wright in the main role. I, I always love Jeffrey Wright as an actor. Don't feel like he gets enough of a shot as sort of like a lead man. So uh, I definitely want to check out American Fiction. Uh, I like that he calls it a wicked, wicked satire about uh, the commodification of marginalized voices and a portrait mm -hmm. of an artist forced to re-examine his integrity. This is right up my alley. The one, the one thing I had to laugh at, bro, is I pulled this up and I was like, bro, this looks just like the TIFF logo. 
It's like one of the few posters that they don't have any images. That, like the yep. movie has nothing going for it, which sometimes is a really good thing. That's usually those movies that are like really. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to save it. But uh, I, I'm also very excited for this one, a comedy drama. Uh, I see you don't have one on your list, and I'm kind of surprised if you're saving it. I had this as one of my top dramas, Fingernails. The shot on 35-millimeter English debut from the one and only Christos Nicole. He was AD on Dogtooth. And I didn't even realize before midnight, but uh, the reason he's been on our radar is because he did a little movie that also came out of Toronto a couple years back called Apples that we both really dug. Yeah. Now, this is streaming November 3rd. Don't get it twisted. That's a little too soon, in my opinion, if you're going to travel all the way across to another country to see a movie that's Mm -hmm. about to be out. But damn, when you have a director and a cast as good as this, Jesse Buckley, Riz Ahmed, Jeremy Allen White, screw it, Luke Wilson, Annie Murphy. I'm, I'm really curious about this. It's being described as an allegory about our desire for certainty, reliance on technology, and the price we pay for losing the connection to our most primal instincts. Yeah. I'm down. That would be one of the picks that uh, I'd put on there as well. Yeah, no, this is definitely one of my, like, I'd even say it's like top five most interested in the festival because I really, really responded to Apples. I've been very, very excited to see uh, what he would do next, and particularly given that cast, it's really exciting. So, yeah, Fingernails, absolutely check that one out if you get the chance to. Buckley's going to be in a lot, dude, so I'm, I'm... like, really freaking excited for that. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in this next one. I did not realize the boy had a movie here. Yeah, um, it's the return of Linklater, man. Uh, he never left. You know, <laughs> yeah, not not that he's been gone for long, but uh, Richard Linklater keeps cranking out movies. Uh, the latest one is called Hitman. Uh, I think intriguingly, this one stars Glenn Powell, an actor mm-hmm. that I like a lot. Although I don't know if he's necessarily had the perfect role for what his his talents are. Uh, It's cool to see him working with Richard Linklater because he previously worked with Richard Linklater on Everybody Wants Some. I think that was a movie that introduced a lot of people to Glenn Powell, and and it utilized his charms in a very specific way. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, that that combination of actor and director, to be honest, is enough to get me in the door. Uh, The promise of some kind of, like, Hitman premise is always interesting, makes for Mm -hmm. uh, good fodder for movies. So, yeah, Hitman is one of the films on the top of my list here. Uh, He also did Apollo 10 and a Half. I don't know if you ever... You did get the chance to see that one, right? I saw it by... um, He was, like, one of the guys who gets the kid to go on the uh, the spaceship. One of the Uh, NASA guys, yeah. Yeah, their interviews for that is... What has me really intrigued on their collaborations because the way they talk, this man is his muse. This is Richard Linklater's little side mm-hmm. thing right now. So I hope that they have something uh, good cooking up here because other than that, besides you know his Top Gun success, uh, what's the movie he's got with with Sweeney? You know what I'm talking oh, about? That rom-com? Um, that rated uh, yeah, rom-com yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, keeps yeah. making a big deal about? Exactly. I don't uh, know the title of it, but yeah, yeah they're working on it. Yeah, That one. Uh, I know people are really excited for that, so I'm curious what's going to happen here because I love this idea of he's not just a hitman. He's, uh, he's pretending to be this undercover cop who ends up getting all the evidence directed at him, and he doesn't realize mm-hmm. it. But that's what happens because he gets involved. Uh, yeah, no, this looks like it's going to be really good. An action comedy from the one and only Richard Linklater. Absolutely. Uh, Let's keep it going in the special presentations category because this is the biggest of TIFF's categories. I think there are 51 movies uh, in special presentations. It's disgusting. 
it's banger after banger after banger. Uh, I'm going to go with Seven Veils as well. Uh, this is the latest collaboration between director Adam Egoyan and Amanda Seyfried. They previously worked together on Chloe. You know I don't know it? if you remember that movie, Bro, Chloe. I was, gonna, I was wondering if you remembered this movie. This movie yes. should yes. not have been rented by my family when Blockbuster <laughs> was around. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if there's I've ever like really, really responded to an Adam Agoyan movie. Um, I think he makes a lot of interesting stuff, but stuff that I find other people review more highly than me, if that makes any sense. Okay. But but it's, I've never like disliked his stuff either. He's an intriguing filmmaker, and the plot here uh, has me intrigued as well because uh, Amanda Seyfried is playing a theater director who is trying to put on her mentor's uh, most famous. Uh, work and opera, but she becomes haunted by memories of her past. Which yeah, maybe it's because I'm part. I, I'm fresh off of a rewatch of Amadeus or something. But hey. it sounds prime for like tortured artist territory. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious about Seven Veils. They're doing an interesting thing with this because it's an opera, right? Uh, yeah. I, I too am excited because they're pitching it as a psychodrama. Did you catch? that they've partnered with the Canadian Opera Company and are having an exclusive pre-festival premiere at the opera? Ooh, that sounds kind of fun. So if you're there early, I think that would be a pretty cool way to experience the movie. I don't know if there's going to be like a live orchestra or anything. I know they're doing that for some other movies uh, in New York and Toronto, but uh, yeah. one little thing to note of there. So good pick. Totally. All right, I got one last one here for special presentations. Uh, do you want to talk about The Holdovers a little Ooh, bit? The new Alexander Payne movie that is going Absolutely. to be out, if I'm not mistaken, like in November, uh, end of October. So you can hold over <laughs> and catch it when it's actually out in theaters. But there's a trailer out for this already, and it looks fantastic. He has, yeah. uh, what's his name? Giamatti uh, leading the movie, and it kind of seems like it's a, it's in Boston, if I'm not mistaken, where they're all getting together. Um and he just he's like the grumpiest person possible, which if you know Alexander Payne movies, mm-hmm. that's that's like his thing. Like, uh, is Nebraska his last one? Yeah. Or was it? Da- or oh, no, sorry. Downsizing. Downsizing, downsizing. Yeah. Also grumpy. But like the grumpiness in his characters, I think, is like a staple to him. I, I think it looks fantastic. I already got the art house. I wouldn't call it art house, but like my my music box landmark theater that I want to go see this at. Uh, I think it's got a pretty good cast as well. And I got to say it, bro, I brought it up in the past when we were talking about the series no one wants to say, but I think she's next up. Divine Joy Randolph is getting picked up by some really good directors, and I think she's going to have uh, a, a, a good filmography by the end of this year uh, and just leading into the bigger things she's going to do by next year. But uh, The Holdovers, you can catch it at home, but it will have its premiere, if I'm not mistaken, worldwide at Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. It, it won't be long until you can catch it. But look, it, Giamatti is a great actor, and I feel like he's a great actor that hasn't had a chance to be great in a movie in what feels like a decade. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, he's been slumming it on TV for a while. But his best work has been uh, for Alexander Payne. You know, he was excellent, excellent in Sideways. So I'm, I'm very excited for this one. And like you mentioned, it's got that great trailer. Like, I think the trailer itself is like a work of art, honestly. It feels it like this. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's this amazing, like, kind of throwback. It almost feels like a parody trailer to that yeah. kind of movie, except it seems like it just genuinely is that's that kind of movie. It. Yeah. No, that's a really great way to put it. I was, uh, yeah. I played in the background seeing the release date. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to save this one. And the more that I saw it, the higher I kept it up on my list. So, uh, look, there's way too many movies here some other ones that i wanted to bring up um 
would have been Pullman, the mystery thriller Ooh, that's yeah. coming out. The directorial debut, y'all ain't even gonna believe this, of one Chris Pine. Yeah. He stars and, in it himself, and he just and plays And he chose to cleaner. look like that in his directorial debut. Bro, I am down for this. He it, It's giving me vibes of, like, Under the Silver Lake because he's, like, trying mm-hmm. to solve something that no one's asking him to solve. He's been working on this movie for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's going to be shown in 35mm, or at least was shown in 35mm from what I heard. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to present some of these. But Pullman is another one to have up there yeah. on the list. Bro, do you remember this movie? Les Miserables? Of course. Uh, Laj Lai, I believe, is uh, the director's name. He also was the co-writer on Athena, a film that uh, I think we both really enjoyed. Athena was fantastic. I always forget he's the writer on there. And going through the stuff, I was like, yo, this may be one of my most anticipated movies of the festival. It Mm -hmm. is uh, set largely in a suburb, I want to say, in France. And it's about uh, an incident that happens that causes everything to, you know, just go crazy. But there's one particular line in the way that they describe the movie where it says, it reveals how advocates from within the communities that are marginalized are pitted against each other. And they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Let's go. He killed it with Les Miserables. I am extremely excited to see what he's going to do with this movie. So that's definitely a standout for me. Uh, One that Amanda was very high on, bro. Or two. I'm going to do a double here. Monster. Just got to shout out the new Coriata movie. If there is a new movie directed by this man, I don't see how you're not going to go to it. Even if it sometimes is the same thing. Uh, A lot of the times Mm -hmm. between Choplifters and Father and Son. But I have heard some crazy things about Monster being like best way I could put it is when you go to the TIFF website and you scroll all the way to the bottom, they're going to have some warnings. And the only warning for this is bullying. And I have heard that the <laughs> bullying for this is so hard. It's what gave it a rated R. So I am extremely excited to see what he's going to be doing with this new movie. There is a trailer for it. Um, and pretty much the, the depiction is about uh, he is back filming in Japan. Uh, and it's supposed to be a moral tale about school bullying scored by the late Ryuchi Sakamoto. So it's also mm-hmm. one of his uh, last collaborations as well. Yeah. But Amanda Hailey. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Dude. Anatomy of a Fall. Yes. Looks like the thriller of the year. Winner of the Palme d'Or over at Cannes. Mm-hmm. And I had only seen Sybil from the director, which is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But this director uh, has been getting a lot of praise for this movie. It also stars um, one of the actresses who's going to be in the uh, another one that's gonna that that premiered. Uh, Sandra Buller, yeah, yes. she was uh, she was also in was it Zone of Interest? Zone of Interest. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, which is Zone, also at TIFF. It's gonna be at TIFF. So I'm yep. really excited to see uh, not only her performance because I heard a, a really big stand up for that, but uh, it's supposed to be a portrait of a woman who's put on trial for the murder of her spouse. And I don't know if it's told in different ways, but this is one of my most anticipated. I think I, I have only fingernails above that one. So mm. uh, a lot of really good stuff in the works. Next goal wins. I'm surprised you didn't mention because you're really excited for it. But I saw <laughs> you've been you've been going through the the material that it's for. Yeah, I mean, I, I rewatched the documentary because I watched it back in I think 2014. 15 when it came out and you know it's I care about soccer I know some of the I I am familiar with some of the things involved in it so I was curious about it and it's a really interesting story I think it I think it is well suited for the type of adaptation it can be and I think there's a world in which Taika Waititi does it really well I'm a little bit surprised to see that people think it's a potential Oscar contender I really don't think 
it's that kind of movie, but like people people seem to like Taika's style. I don't know. Um, you would have felt the same way with uh, the the rabbit one. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's a surprise. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I did not like Jojo Rapid. I'm I'm open to liking uh, this uh, one, Thor. even though Thor 4 was bad, man. Thor 4 was bad. Thor 4 was horrendous. Uh, a couple of other ones to mention here. I don't know who Christy Hall is, but she has come out of nowhere and has a twofer of Dakota yeah. Johnson getting picked up at the airport by Sean Penn, and they just talk. This woman has been picked up to write a Stephen King novel Ooh. that is being adapted by Lynn Ramsey. Interesting. She is working on the Thelma remake. Zach, no one told me there was a Thelma remake. If you don't remember <laughs> Thelma. I do. This one right here, bro. Yeah. Like, and then on top of it, I know it's going to be mixed here, but she's working on Colleen Hoover's uh, It Ends With Us. I know she comes with a lot of baggage, but damn, what a pickup for her. So mm-hmm. she's got this movie called Daddy O that's going to be in TIFF. I'm really curious to see what she's going to do with this because it seems like it's going to be a good cast. Yeah. Um, you saw Michael Keaton is coming back to direct? Yeah, uh, what's it called? Knox, Knox goes, goes away. away. His directorial he, debut. That's what I thought, and then I come to find out. Oh, you know, he he did a two thousand. I don't think we're gonna count it, bro. But he did a two thousand and eight movie called The Merry Gentleman. <laughs> okay, I'm with you, bro. Let's just. I, I don't know if he wants to count it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's the re-debut of Michael Keaton as a director. Uh, where he is, it's a thriller where he directs and plays a hitman. So a lot of hitmen here who's losing his memory. So I'm kind of curious to see what he's going to do with that one. Um, I, ha- I have a movie called Memory immediately right after. It's Michelle Franco's new movie. If you've never yeah. followed this guy, he's done movies like New Order. He most recently did one uh, that was his English debut in Sundown. So this would be his second movie that he's doing uh, in English overseas. But it's got a stat cast with Jessica Chastain, Peter Skarsgård. It's combining the past, the present, and the future of their relationship and kind of going through all the stuff that uh, they've dealt with once one of them goes through dementia. So, um, I mean, there's a whole list. I can go to the rest of them. But uh, those are some of our picks for the special presentations at Toronto. Absolutely. It's, it's probably the category that has the most films that will a get a wide enough release for people who are not at TIFF to see, but B mm-hmm. just, it has the most like filmmakers and stars and people like that, that you've actually yeah. heard of. So that's a great place will to they start be there? if you're trying to, uh, well, that's the <laughs> kind of interesting thing. You know, we, we mentioned with the, we've been talking about the strikes for the writer strike and the screen actors guild strike. So that is limiting a lot of people's participation. Uh, we, we get press emails talking about like potential availability for interviews and stuff like that. And uh, a lot, I don't know if you've been catching this. A lot of them say the directors are attending, the stars are attending pending waivers. So the SAG waivers haven't waivers. been released yet, I get. We'll, we'll Whoa, see, we'll see. Hall passes, damn. Yeah, okay. yeah. There will be some stars there too, because like, let's not forget, this is an international film festival, not uh, uh, most international production aren't bound by SAG uh, so it's mostly just affecting like the American movies or the American co-produced movies so but all my favorite French actors will be there I believe so we might get a glimpse of Sandra Huller is she German? damn so like everybody but anyone who speaks English alright let's get to this next one Uh, last thing I'd say about the galas that is a category that a film festival would wish was their entire lineup so that is the big push for TIFF there's a lot more there we will obviously be covering uh, a dozen more to come, so keep in tuned on our letterboxes and Twitter, X, whatever it is. But Zach, Midnight Madness, the Let's one do it. 
category that I think TIFF is really known for because Fanta- uh, Fantastic Fest, Fantasia, you know, those are midnight genre festivals. But a lot of these places, including Sundance, will have these midnights and everyone's falling asleep at Sundance, right? Everyone's, mm-hmm. I don't even think New York has a midnight one. But there is something about the crowd at Sundance or at, at Toronto when you're at a midnight screening and they have decided what the ad that plays before the movie that they're all going to make fun of collectively. They all go R for the piracy mm-hmm. rating. There is an energy to a midnight movie at TIFF that you had the opportunity to catch last year with um, Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. No, exactly. It is It is just electric. The environment is unlike any type of uh, film screening that you're bound to see. Just people like stomping their feet, clapping their hands, screaming for, for movies. I mean, it sounds more like a concert than most movie yeah. screenings. And it, lest we sound like it's kind of disruptive, it's not disruptive. It is like in, in celebration of the movies. It, yes. And it, it they tend to show the kinds of movies that can handle a rowdy crowd as well. You know, stuff like Pearl, a lot of horror films. There's a lot of raunchy comedies. Last year they were playing Weird, the, uh, the Al Yankovic film. That was the opening Midnight Madness movie. But if you have the chance to go to Toronto, you absolutely have to see not just a Midnight Madness movie, but a Midnight M- Madness movie at midnight, when the crowd is at its its craziest, it is a uh, one of the best type of film festival experiences to have. Will you be sitting next to Travis Scott for Agro Drift? I hope so, man. I mean, we can we can watch the uh, uh, infrared colors together. This is the newest experimental movie from Harmony Corinne, the man who's done Spring Breakers, Gummo, Beach Bum. I don't know why they have Kid Solo here, but I was telling Zach last week that the Travis Scott movie, Circus Maximus, which he did um, to go out in theaters, had a crazy amount of directors helping him. Nicholas Winden Raffin, Gaspar Noe, and Harmony Corinne. So now they're working on a movie together. We know nothing other than it's shot like an infrared, right? Mm -hmm. There's like two actors in this thing. One of them is not even an actor, so I'm, I I don't know what they're gonna do with this, but this is definitely one to be uh, to be anticipating, and it's gonna be at New York. So if you uh, are too far away from Toronto, you don't want to see it at midnight. I'm sure New yeah. York will have a comfy 1 p.m. showing. That's one of those things too. Is that like you know occasionally a film festival will mount a weird movie, and you're kind of like, how did this movie get in, or did, are they just kind of like putting it on as a curiosity? The fact that it's playing not just uh, Toronto, but it also is going to be playing New York. To me, that's a huge sign of confidence. That's that's yeah. a couple different teams thought this movie's cool enough that they want to uh, get True. it early. I do agree with you there. I just want to know why so many assassins? Yet another hitman who's going through hallucinations, bro. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Something in the culture, man. I don't know. Something's something's happening. Yeah, uh, Agro Drift, the newest one from Harmony Corinne, starring Travis Scott. Look, I moved this next one off my list. But it's really number two. I just don't plan on seeing it because it's going to be right out. Bro, talk about this new musical. <laughs> Dicks, the musical. Uh, I don't know, man. This is a, a, it's being advertised as A24's first movie musical. Sure. Uh, remember when Waves was supposed to be A24's first musical? What happened to that? It is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, I guess, the first, like, sung musical, if that's what we want to go with from A24. Uh, and it just looks absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it stars Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp, who I believe have been gaining a reputation 
for for the comedy that they do together. Uh, this one it sees them as business adversaries who suddenly realize they're identical twin brothers. Uh, there's a trailer so out dumb. for it for ready already, which I think will give you a glimpse into the tone that they're going for, which is like yes. very broad and satirical, very ridiculous. Uh, they have a lot of uh, it, cast members who look up for this type of material, including Nathan Lane, Megan Mullally, Bowen Yang, and perhaps most notably, Megan the Stallion doing some original raps for this film as well. Uh, Will she be better than (laughs) She-Hulk? Let's hope so. I don't know. Uh, It comes directed by Larry Charles, who's the guy who is uh, used to be Sasha Baron Cohen's go-to director for films like Borat and Bruno and The Dictator. Uh, he also is a frequent director on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So a guy Decent with some show. comedy chops. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not the film that I am most excited for at TIFF, but they didn't just make it uh, a Midnight Madness movie. It is the opening Midnight oh. Madness movie. Last year, that was the Weird Al movie, which, you know, I don't know if that was the greatest film ever, but it's a good time. So I feel like I'm going to have a good time at Dick's the Musical as well. I just love how they're calling it 824's twist on the parent trap. I think that's <laughs> going to get a lot of butts in seats. So, Dick's the musical. And I see the last one that you have here is one that I also thought looked pretty good. Naga, a young woman yeah. stranded in the Arabian desert, has to make it back. And I honestly think, mind you, we don't have all the artwork. This is top five TIFF posters, and I hope they don't change it yeah. for this year. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's very intriguing and mysterious. I don't know uh, whether the tone will be like kind of serious or very like exaggerated, but either way, it's got a cool plot and that it's in the midnight section has me intrigued for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of goofy ones. I know there's going to be a a satire called Working Class Goes to Hell. That's about like a working class going to hell uh, and them having to come together in order to be able to uh, pull the community uh, hell of a summer is going to be an interesting one because it is the directorial debut of Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> He's making a comedy slasher. How that's going to go, I don't know. It's just him we'll and his boy, out. his buddy, who's directed a whopping as much as he has. Um, but, but we'll see what they do with that. Sleep would be one of the ones that I have on mine. This is a horror mystery about a guy, a spouse who wakes up in the middle of the night. And it may cause a split personality. I am very intrigued to intriguing, see what intriguing. this one does. Yeah. But the biggest one, bro, it's my number one. It's above aggro. And it's even above dicks. Boy Kills World. Mm-hmm. Has Sam you... Raimi as producer taking this boy Skarsgård and making him as ripped as possible. I saw this and I immediately got Tarzan flashbacks. Because yeah. his brother got jacked for that movie. And then it was all CGI. They have him fighting none other than Mad Dog himself as his freaking trainer, bro. (laughs) I am there day one. I'm there, bro. This is one of my most anticipated top ten of the fest. Boy Kills World. It looks like it's going to be one of the best action movies. They have very little stills about it. The one trailer that they have is their, like, concept art to get funding. Yeah. That looked pretty decent. Low budget, but pretty decent. I am very excited to see what they're going to do with this, bro. Yeah, Uh, man. Boy Kills World. I'm always down to see uh, Pennywise jacking some people up, so mm-hmm. let's do um, it. Watch, he's going to be an assassin as well, bro. Too many assassins out there. <laughs> uh, but that's all of the midnight stuff. What category do we got next? 
let's go to the platform section. I only got two movies that okay. I singled out here in platform. Uh, platform is interesting because it tends to be, I wouldn't say like fully uh, fully experimental, but a lot, a lot of films that tend to uh, push some boundaries, at least visually or ter- sometimes in terms of how they're structured, they're not quite as like typical as uh, the rest of the yeah the rest of the slate usually speaking what if you um, zoom in there what does it say platform is director's, directors cinema now sure which i don't even know what that means <laughs> i but don't even know what that means either but yeah yeah uh we both have the same top two though yeah so first let's talk about dear jossie yassi first yeah. uh it is the latest film from tarsam singh who of course was the director behind The Fall. He did uh, The Cell. He's done a couple other films. Was it Immortals? Was that other one that he did? Yeah, uh, maybe not like the that? best story, but they all look impeccable. Even Mirror yeah. Mirror, impeccable. Yeah, uh, an, an unparalleled visual artist in many ways. And while some of the films are better than the than others, I'm definitely intrigued by this one. As uh, you can see, it is his first film that's actually set in India. Uh, which perhaps will unlock a, a different aspect to his filmmaking. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he He's just a filmmaker who has an ability to put images together that is hard to achieve, that, that few people work on that kind of level. So I'm at least uh, intrigued by what he's got going on there. Yeah, uh, it's being pitched as a mystery thriller, but also a true life story about this couple that's supposed to be like a Romeo and Juliet because of them not being able to be together. So mm-hmm. I have that one as my number two, and I think I have your number two always my number one, bro. Yeah. There is no way that you can't have a movie that's A24. Uh, I'm going to get to that. That's going to be my final line. A movie that's coming. I don't even know where to begin. It has Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Okay. Great it's called Dream Scenario. The name dropping that they do here is saying you haven't seen him this unhinged since Mandy. Wow. He's pretty unhinged all the time. But I will say that that was the last kind of like checkpoint that Mandy freak out. It's got mm-hmm. Michael Sarah. It's co-produced by Ari freaking Aster. If people didn't think that man was making comedies, we got a comedy sci-fi right here already. On top of that, this has been my boy, dude. Christopher made sick of myself, which I think is one of the best satirical comedies of this past year one of my favorite movies of that year uh, this year uh i know it was getting some releases uh in 2022 but that one's out on vod i think you should probably try that one see how much you can put up with those characters <laughs> before we get to this the story of a schlubby professor who never made it and then becomes an overnight success they have been talking about this being like a reverse um freddy krueger he <laughs> appears in their dreams and can, like, control them in some sense. I have no idea how crazy they're going to go in this movie. It is in my top five. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by it for sure. I mean, uh, just Nicolas Cage in looking kind of like Bo from Bo is Afraid right? is, yeah. is enough to get me in the door. But uh, what, Nick does the a lot Gondry of movies movie? Or It wasn't Gondry. Uh, adaptation. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah, we play the two brothers. He's always just, like, schlumping like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Cage is a, is an excellent actor in the right mode, and I don't know that it it feels just from the vibes of it that we're going to get an interesting Cage performance here. Already picked up by A twenty four, and this one, nice. I think they got crazy names, bro. This is what they called it: 
A24's satire come social horror film. <laughs> so another one to add to that, that list of movies. Definitely. Uh, some other ones to shout out here from this platform category is Sisterhood, which looks pretty interesting because it's got a trio of friends who don't really realize which ones of them have kind of an upper hand in the city that they live in. Uh, Great Absence is a drama that's going to be coming out that kind of follows the fragmented lives between these two characters that I think looks pretty interesting. But, bro, we got to talk about this. We haven't talk- mentioned it yet. Maybe some of y'all have seen this. These movies, these movies are long. Like, <laughs> they're showing shows for the first time or, like, have a really big category for shows this year. Yeah. Um, and those may be the shortest things that you can watch because it's only going to be an episode. These movies are running 152, 170. When we get into the docs, it, it's a lot. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. But um, the last one here to wrap up the platform category that kind of piqued my interest is a movie called Spirit of Ecstasy because I don't know her, but it stars a French pop star, Claire Pommet. I don't know if you know anything about her. She's making her nope. acting debut, and it kind of reminds me of um, there was a movie that played with St. Vincent, with Vincent. Oh, yeah. You know the Nowhere Inn, I believe that's Thank the you. Sundance movie. Yes. That was like a weird movie that was kind of like about her, but not really about her. She kind of played herself, but not really. It became like a horror. This is the same thing of it kind of being like a self-portrait and then I'm sure becomes sort of like a drama, a narrative. Yeah. But, uh, again, something that I would expect from the platform category. Definitely. But that would be everything from there. Moving on to Discovery, which, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to be from first-time directors, or if they really like them, directors who are working on their second films and still want to promote them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely at least, like, the more off-the-beaten-path directors tend to get some, like, smaller budgets in this category. Uh, But, yeah, as you said, it's really trying to highlight, like, the next wave of potential uh, interesting directors. And there's some interesting films here. I don't know what jumped out to you, the one that immediately jumped out to me uh, is one that I actually alluded to on our weekend must watch earlier. It's Backspot. Uh, This is a film. It's a Canadian film. They have these like cute little maple leaves. Okay. uh, Yeah. Signifying which movies are Canadian. I was referring to them to the the maple syrup films, which I've (laughs) I've been told is not the appropriate way. But if someone said the new burrito movies out for Blue Beetle, I guess I would also say that. I had Backspot as one of my top from this this category. I think this is a solid category, just in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so this film particularly is about a driven cheerleader, and her and her girlfriend get selected for uh, a cheer squad. To me, this sounds reminiscent of... The novice, yes. Okay. The novice. I don't want to go full, like, this sounds like Whiplash, but it sounds like the novice to me. Sounds like the novice. Yeah, like the the inner workings and strain in a uh you know in an activity that you might not think of as like cutthroat. And it also stars uh Devery Jacobs who is excellent on Reservoir uh Reservoir Dogs on FX. So that's who she is? Yeah. Damn, bro. That's the girl in the front cover? I think so. Bro, I looks very different. Was- yeah, I thought this was like a German movie. Damn. Okay. Uh, it, is, it is also based off her short. Uh, I don't know if anyone has access to the short, but uh, it would be interesting to see how yeah, it, it looks um, like Devery's in the short, unfolds. too. Hey, boom. Ah, that's good, then. Then That reminds me of Whiplash, bro. There we go. So may- maybe it's not this year's Novice. Maybe it's this year's Whiplash. Maybe it is this year's Only Whiplash. Only one way to find out. Only one way. Uh, I see 
Josh in the live stream mentioning that How to Have Sex is in theaters in October over there in the UK. That's pretty cool. I don't know if we have a <laughs> uh, date here in North America. I don't think so. We do. Uh, we have one in North America at the Toronto International Film Festival because this too go. is my top pick for this category after hearing all the praise. Absolutely. I mean, Amanda was telling us that uh, it was one of the better films she saw at Con earlier this year. I, I was hopeful with that title that it might be like a fun kind of adolescent film. And she mm -hmm. she told me, no, it's actually kind of horrific. And they go through a lot in this movie. Either way, I'm still intrigued. It's got an interesting title. And I, I like films that are sort of uh, deal with the the aspects of children becoming adults and realizing how the adult world works in ways mm -hmm. uh, and seems like a film that'll be like that um, so yeah how to have sex based off lots of things yeah. one of the ones that I'd recommend for discovery this is one of the debuts and just to, to know because I know there was a discussion that people were having out of the theater that Amanda was telling us at TIFF she yeah. is 16 and I know that that was like a crux in those arguments and pieces and reviews that was being had so I'm very curious now that it's being played at a second festival uh, how the movie's going to be perceived, but I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see how they're going to break it down. Yeah, they didn't pull a no hard feelings and just age them up so nobody would bother. So, huh? uh, it's French, yeah. no? Yeah, it's French. Maybe, I expect nothing. They got some less different rules the there. <laughs> All right, uh, last got a, pick that I got. Debut. Absolutely, the last pick I got here is Gonzo Girl, and it is a debut, but not exactly from an unknown. It is Patricia Arquette's directorial wow. debut. Uh, and she, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and she uh, directs this film that is an adaptation of a novel about a woman who served partially as Hunter S. Thompson's uh, personal assistant. Who's that? And obviously, Hunter S. Thompson is like a iconic journalist, writer. He's the guy that Johnny Depp plays in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Bro, uh, I'm staring at him right now on the screen. I'm like, that's exactly who he looks yep. like. He's got an iconic okay. look, that bike bucket hat and the floral. Yep. Oh, all right. Um, I'm even more intrigued now. Exactly. So it's got an interesting premise, and obviously coming from Patricia Arquette, that makes it interesting. Willem Dafoe. Uh, one of the leads in this film, too. Always good to see Willem Dafoe. So I'm very curious about this one, too. I am as well. I had that one at the top of my list. Uh, some of the other ones that rounded it up. There's this one called Mandu, which translates into Night I had Courier. this on my list, too. Yes. Uh, right? This is a crime thriller, but they're saying there's comedy elements to it about a 30-year-old delivery man who uh, is just, like, trying to get by. I'm very curious to see how this is going to play off. It seems like we have a lot of uh, driving movies where people are just talking in cars, so I'm excited right. for that. Uh, that another yep. mystery thriller called The Teacher. Um, what's interesting about this is that it's paralleling uh, a teacher uh, who loses their son and then an American who comes over. But the American in this movie, if, as I pull it up, is played by Emojin Poots. So she's going to be in this Palestinian movie starring uh, one of the dudes who was in The Blue Captain, which is one of my, like, last movies that I want to see uh, for, like, my top-of-the-year list. Because um, I know this one played at Con, It played at Chicago. It took a while to come out. So it looks like it's going to have a really good cast uh, and just the p politicalness of them coming together as a couple. You mentioned Gonzo Girl. Queen of My Dreams is a drama. Uh, that is tracing the moments of a mother and a daughter at the same time. And Sundance had an award winner that kind of did the same thing, but got a little mixed reviews with the Persian version. 
Mm-hmm. This may be the dramatic version of that that I think people wanted to see where you're following uh, this parallels between a mother and a daughter and what they're going through. And I think that that would, uh, depending on how it's edited, I think this could be a, a really big standard. I think that sounds really cool. Um, and the last one is this absurdist drama called Without Air about a woman who gets in trouble because of what she's teaching kids at school. And she starts getting into like LGBT stuff. The trailer to this, bro, looks crazy. I was like, this is going to be an interesting little drama to catch later. I find out that there's supposed to be absurdist elements and just the the, the clips that they show within there mm-hmm. kind of booted it to my top. So that would be nice. some of my wrap-ups for the Discovery list. Very cool. Should we the centerpiece? Centerpiece, yeah. Down to the last yeah. three categories. And Centerpiece... Centerpiece sometimes pulls up with some movies that make it seem like this should be up there with the gala and the special presentations. Yeah. I don't know exactly why they they think some films are centerpiece, some film are gala, some p- film are uh, some are right? special. Yeah, they all kind of feel like similarly uh, ambitious and some exciting. Some have played, some have not played. I don't yeah. know. What do we got though? Yeah, well, let's start with one uh, that has played at Con. Uh, let's talk about Fallen Leaves, uh, an intriguing film. I think it's a, a um, Japanese and German co-production, or at least the director, I believe, might be Japanese, because uh, there's some people who want Japan to submit this film for Best International uh, based off of their responses to it at Con. Uh, it, it's sort of a film about two people who... Uh, f- like come together in this sort of tragic comedy uh, dialogue thing. It, yeah, I just like those those types of films that are very you know intimate and personal, and it seems like it's got uh, all the ingredients to be uh, you know just a special movie, and especially mm-hmm. based off the reviews that have come. Yeah, this one's also playing in New York. I, I keep forgetting. I kind of have like a subset of a bunch of these categories, movies yeah. that maybe you're looking forward to. But we're, if they if it has a New York release, for the most part, I've put them in a separate category. But this one calls itself a tragic comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm intrigued too. Yeah, I mean that's the story for not just Fall Leaves, but for probably my most anticipated in this category, Perfect Days. This is the film that Amanda came out of Con raving about the most. I believe she said this was her favorite film at Con. I believe uh, Ewan, one of our patrons, also said that this was his favorite film that he got a Damn. chance to catch at Con. The latest from Vim Vendors, uh, which is described as a poignant character study about uh, finding beauty in the everyday world around us. But I, I, I'm just I'm just basing this one solely off of the tons of people who have uh, responded effusively to what they saw uh, in Perfect Days. Yeah, I think Amanda was like, they just cleaned toilets and it was the most profound experience I had in France. And I was like, damn, bro. Okay, I'm there. Also, are both W's V's? Or is one W V? I believe it's Vim Vendors is how it's supposed to Vim be pronounced. Vim Vendors? A okay, lot, so both a, a lot of, Yeah, a lot of Eastern European countries do the W instead of the V. Gotcha. I want to make sure. All right. Like Vivich. Yeah. yeah. I could uh, be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Somebody should correct yeah, me if I am. Probably. Probably is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that one, too, just off of the reviews. Uh, and I also have this last one right here on my radar that you have. Uh, yeah. So uh, They Shot the Piano Player is de- is one that did not premiere at Con, but I found interesting. It is one of the few animated movies that is playing uh, this festival, although it is sort of like a... Uh, more mature and mysterious-looking animation film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is described as a film that's about a journalist who tries to uncover the truth behind the disappearance of a piano Ooh. player. 
Uh, and it is led by the voice of Jeff Goldblum. That's crazy. R- randomly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm always intrigued when we get something that looks a little bit more hand-drawn, that's not necessarily marketed to kids. Um, and it, you know, it's one of these opportunities we get to really see what the animation genre can do because although I, you know, I love the films that people like Pixar and Disney animated often produce. It's, it's these, you know, little more off the beaten path animated films that you really get the, uh, the innovation I feel like in, in animation. Yeah. Uh, you were saying, I think they've done some interesting stuff in the past. Uh, this Chico and Rita has been on my watch list for a while as well. So, um, I'm very curious to see what they do. And there's an, another animated one. I'm not sure if it's in this category or if it's going to be later. Um, I might have might have been a little bit earlier, but I, I also had another one from this category that I was pretty interested in seeing. But there... Oh, here it is. I found it. The other animated movie that I Robot think Dreams? is going to be awesome. Robot Dreams, because it's based off yeah. of a graphic novel. There was one clip to this, and it got taken down. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> they're, they're really looking to make this into something but robot dreams looks pretty dope about a uh a, a dog and his robot friend who gets separated like i don't know that sounds pretty cool to me so yeah. i'm looking forward it's to also, that one uh neon is distributing that one Stop. and it's robot such dreams? An, it's such an unusual movie for a studio like neon to be tied to that kind of makes me think it must be something special Hell yeah. I mean, again, if they're yeah. taking it down, that, that showed me that they had some, you know, copyright people in a, they're not cheap. Um, yeah. I don't know if you had a couple of other ones, but uh, let me go through some right here. Teacher's yeah. Lounge is like an incident happens with the students and the teacher has to like snitch on who took something, but she knows the consequences of what's going to happen to the kid. But then, like, someone records the teacher's lounge, and it turns out that what happens in the teacher's lounge is stay in the teacher's lounge. The the trailer's got a lot of energy to it, and I'm very curious to see what they're going to be doing with this drama. Um, some other ones that just sounded funny. The feeling that the time for doing something has passed. Great title. This is either going to be garbage, or it's going to hit, bro. Yeah, I, f- I think it's really interesting. I mean, it seems like there's some uh, BDSM stuff going on in the yeah. plot line, too. Um, that's on my list. Uh, I'm not sure if it's my favorite title at TIFF, because my favorite title at TIFF might be Humanist Vampire Seeking Consenting Suicidal Person. Yeah, uh, that's... Th- that's another one where I'm there off title alone. And to me, it sounds like it's going to be a-, a dry horror comedy, and it's described as a deadpan horror comedy that finds droll humor. Uh, so, yeah. I'm curious about that one in the uh, centerpiece section as well. Uh, I know that there are a couple films. She only feeds on people she has sympathy for. That is (laughs) the perfect way to set up the movie. Sorry, keep going. Absolutely. It feels kind of like almost uh, what we do in the Shadows-esque. Yes. Um, There are a few films here that are movies we caught at other festivals fitting in, which I I think we thought was like, okay, uh, coming out of Tribeca. Sorry, that was out of South... South by Southwest to change its name from Bloody Hell. Uh, hey, Victor, which I know you caught at yeah, so Tribeca. Goofy. A very funny movie. Uh, I didn't catch Mountains at Tribeca, but I heard Bro, really I had good that things one. about Did it. Did you seen the reviews for this, man? Yeah, really good. So that's one that's on my list as well. I'm trying to pull that one up. Yeah, Mountains played at Tribeca. It was like literally on the last day they, mm-hmm. that they had like the links up for stuff before everything went away. This was on there. I was like, All right, let me catch it in the morning. And then it was gone. No, people have been... Like, just raving about this intimate drama about a construction worker who's just, like, really just trying to get by as, like, he might be out of a job and out of the neighborhood. But 
Mm-hmm. Nah, yeah. The fact that it made it all the way to TIFF has me very excited to catch. Exactly. Uh, I'll give a quick shout out to Shada, which was a really moving uh, film that I saw back at Sundance about escaping an abusive relationship. Uh, but I, one more film that I want to at least get a spotlight to is We Grown Now, which My is the latest one from... Movie. Okay, you, I'll let you talk about it then, because uh, I saw Minhal Baig's last film, Hala, uh, when it debuted at Sundance, and it, it's a really interesting character drama, uh, but it, to me, it was like one of those films where it's like, all right, I need to see what you do next, because I feel like it's going to be incredible. So no one told me that she was from Chicago? Yeah! So she was, like, raised here, and so she spent all this time talking to people from the Cabrini Green Projects to make mm-hmm. this story that's supposed to go through different decades about the Cabrini Green housing complex, in particular following two friends. But the fact that they say it starts like in the 40s when the Italians were there, like what those housing was originally, bro, this has the ability to be one of the standouts of the year for me. Absolutely. I got nothing Uh, else to say. (laughs) I'm hoping it's going to be one of those ones that Pete, because I don't feel like it's getting talked about that much. And I'm hoping this is going to be one of those ones that, it ends up being like, oh, you got to see this before you leave Toronto. 100%. Yeah. yeah so I'm yeah. glad that you also had that there. We grow now. Yeah. Um, yeah I was no, also intrigued list. by the um, I Do Not Come to You by Chance, which looks like it's a, a take on the whole Nigerian prince uh, yeah, scams. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Where do I have this one over here? Did I got you, it you on my uh, screen. Gotcha. Yeah, you, let, yeah. let me put you on there. Um, <laughs> right? The dude gets a degree and, it, and still has to like go join his uncle. <laughs> it could be really fun I, I think that this has the ability to be uh, because it's also based off of a novel so it's like it's already the story and the, and the plot points are there so I, I think it, it has potential oh and uh, Ty- shout out to Tyler in the live stream comments mentioning that uh, National Anthem is a film that played at South by Southwest we got confused uh, back at South by because there were two films that were originally called National, National Anthem, Anthem there and then they changed the uh, other one into Americana? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think either of us got a chance to actually see National Anthem at South By. Uh, I did remember because we got denied that there was no oh, links. Right. But then right. someone in our group did get a link. So then yep. that person in our group allowed us to share links as we shared links cool. with them that they didn't get. But yeah, <laughs> National Anthem. So uh, yeah. But it's a, it's, a, it's a really good one. I know there's some other New York picks as well, like About Dry Grasses that I think is 47 hours long. So we're going to catch yeah. that over there. Uh, <laughs> Close Your Eyes, a mystery thriller that's also going to be in New York. So just endless, bro. And we still have two categories left. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm saving About Dry Grasses for New York. I'm curious Same. about it, but not curious enough to devote three it. and a half hours of my time in Toronto to it. Yep. All right. Your top three documentaries. Uh, tip three, at least from the TIFF docs section, because they, they do that thing where they also have some docs in other Mm -hmm. places. Uh, this is one that even though I have it on my list for films I'm excited about at TIFF, I'm gonna wait till New York because we now know that it's going to play at New York as well. Uh, but menus, placiers, le trois gros. I don't know. I don't speak French. Excuse me for butchering that pronunciation. Uh, But it is the latest film from documentarian legend Frederick Wiseman, uh, and it chronicles the day-to-day activities in a three-star Michelin restaurant. Uh, We were talking, Wiley mentioned earlier, he's watching The Bear. Well, this might feel like watching the documentary version of one of those uh, episodes where... uh, 
uh, cousins in the in the back room or whatever, right? You, you see all the inner workings of what a high, high-class elite restaurant can do, and you really get to see it all because it is 240 minutes long. freaking minutes. Um, which sounds incredible. I want that so badly, although I don't know if I can justify seeing it in Toronto because that, that's a whole day right there. And you're also starving the most out of all the film festivals, I think, in Toronto. So, yeah. Look, it's also going to be playing at Venice, which just adds more hype to it. That I think that's where it's premiering before Toronto and then New York. Um, You had mentioned that the restaurant has three Michelin stars. Three Michelin stars for more than five decades. Remember, they go in there. They they rip that out of you. So the fact that they've maintained it. uh, Look, out of all the documentarians out there, look at this man. This man don't play. So it's going to be a really good one. I, I saw City Hall. Uh, off of one of the virtual festivals, yeah. which would, again, City Hall is like 200 and something minutes as well. But when I watched 272, damn. When I watched that at home, that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Ah, we're going to have to go to a, a Mission Star restaurant after for the for this other one. But yeah. We could. A really good pick. Yeah. So uh, that one is the first one I'd mention. Uh, I was also really intrigued by the contestant. Uh, just like a very interesting... Uh, plot on that one, uh, sort of chronicling the story of this man who appeared as a contestant on Japanese reality TV show uh, where he was left naked in a room for more than a year, tasked with filling out magazine sweepstakes in order to earn food and clothing. Uh, and it's a film that I don't think is just telling his story, but asking like what what his story says about our culture and what we put the kind of things we put people through Um, just sort of an out there premise. And I think we've had different films that sort of like look at perhaps like little, uh, little corners of pop culture and try to extrapolate into larger messages about like society. This seems like a good place to do a kind of film like that. I see that. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, and sorry to bother you, the dumb game shows that they had in there in real life. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Uh, last one that I'll mention is The Pigeon Tunnel because, first of all, it is the latest from uh, another documentary legend, Errol Morris, perhaps my favorite documentarian. And in this one, he is profiling David Cornwell, the spy novelist who goes by John Le Carre. Uh, and if you haven't uh, if you don't know the name, you've probably at least heard of some of the f- uh, things that were adapted, adapted. whether that is Tinker Tailor's uh, Soldier Spy, The Spy oh. Who Came In From The Cold, The Night yes. Manager, The Constant mm-hmm. Gardener. He's basically written like half of the famous spy novels of the past few decades. Um, so, yeah, just getting jo- Errol Morris's uh perspective on an iconic writer. I'm, I'm curious about that because Errol Morris is one of our best documentarians. Yep. Uh, I have that in my top list as well because, like, this is a verb. Thin Blue Line. It's what every documentarian, like, has been wanting to do, not just making a doc, but, like, solving the case. And, yeah, yeah that that's what makes them the GOAT. Um, they have a Varda doc, for those who are curious. Uh, I know that they instituted an entire wing. I remember we were in Toronto around the time when she had passed, and if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and I remember there was like a, a huge talk about like uh, getting a wing for her, and I think they did establish something near the, the light box. So this is going to be looking back at her entire career, which I think is going to look really interesting. Um, I, do you know Mr. Dressup? I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big... Uh, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood guy, 
This is the dude who ran the puppets. Took oh, okay. it to Canada, if I'm not mistaken, and then ended up creating like his entire world of uh, make believe over there. And I was just at first, you know, <laughs> I was so wrong. I'm like, wow, what a copycat! Not even a copycat. He's an OG. He, yeah. he was Miss. He was with Mister Rogers, creating the stuff. Went out and did his own thing. So I'm kind of curious to see uh, this one, how they build it up. Um, you're a big soccer guy. I was curious your thoughts on Copa seventy one because it's talking yeah. about the Women's World Cup. That yeah, never be- happened. Exactly, like an unofficial Women's World Cup. I mean, obviously, the uh, most crazy. recent Women's World Cup just ended. Congrats to Spain. Don't Not congrats to their coaches. Uh, but this this documentary does look very interesting. It's executive produced by... Is it both of the Williams sisters are on, on attached to this yes. one? Yes, EPs. Both Venus Williams and Serena Williams, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to check that one out once I get the chance. Uh, it also comes from one of the documentarians who had done like Battle of the Sexes, which ended mm-hmm. up also becoming a movie with uh, Stone, if I'm not Emma mistaken. Emma Stone, Steve yeah. Carell. Uh, Billy was also pretty good. So I'm curious what they do with this because it's also the uh, Tiff Docs opening night film. Ooh, okay. But one of the ones I'm really excited for, bro. Bye Bye Tiberius. This is following Hiam Abbas, who many of you are going to know from a multitude of different series, maybe even movies. I pulled up the letterbox, so I don't have her yeah, stuff here. Most but recently, Succession. Her family is stacked with just talent. There mm-hmm. are other actresses who remained over there back home, but then her daughter is making this movie about her family. I have this one queued up because this was supposed to be about her grandparents. And a lot of the reviews were like, dang, I wish you you went just a little bit farther and connected things. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you it sounds like she did. This movie follows her and her mom and I guess her aunts and everybody as they go back home to talk about this like shared legacy of what they've made together as, you know, artists. I'm very intrigued to see what they're going to do with this. Um, And that's why I have it as one of my top documentaries that's going to be out there. Uh, as a part yeah. of the, the the competition here, there I did have two other ones that are part of other categories. One of them would uh, also be playing in New York, Youth, or also known as Spring. It's a TIFF documentary by Wang Bing that takes 2,600 hours. And lucky for you, Zach, it's only going to be three hours and a half. So you don't oh, have to sit thanks. for the entire Great. thing. Um, like I said, this one is going to be playing in New York, but it's supposed to follow just uh, a bunch of textile workers. And the little nuances there. It's the complete opposite of a Mission Star restaurant, but nonetheless, uh, I think takes the same care to follow the employees who are there. So I have that one there at the top. My next one that I have is going to be the conclusion, or at least the beginning, to our final category, which is the wavelengths. You got something pulled up for what people consider wavelengths? Because I, I think this is like TIFF's next category. Yeah, wavelengths to me is, is one of the ones that sometimes is a little hard to figure out what uh what to be excited about but there's definitely two here that stood out to me uh one is do not expect too much from the end of the world another great tiff title uh and this one is the latest from Radu Jude who more recently made the film Bad Luck Banging or Looney yes. Porn I believe it's called which is available on Hulu if you're curious censored. to catch up with that the censored version unfortunately um I I was mixed on Bad Luck Banging there's parts of the film that I really like and parts of the film that I find uh really boring do not expect too much from the end of the world uh has a really intriguing premise too about this woman who is filming uh, a video for a safety at work video when one of her interviews uh, in, uh, 
uncovers a liability that develops into a scandal. I think there are some similarities when, in how that plot is uh, explained to the way things unfold in Bad Luck Banging. And uh, I really loved like the, the finale of Bad Luck Banging. So if the whole thing can kind of feel like that last act of that movie, I'm going to really enjoy this one. Uh, the fact that it's in the wavelength section makes me feel like he, he's still kind of doing his structural experimentation, but we'll see. Um, I'm intrigued by that one. Uh, and then I'm, yeah, this is the and then ugliest I'm... poster of the fest. <laughs> you don't like it. You don't like the, the human duck thing. Pictures of ghosts. I agree. Is going to be a really good <laughs> documentary also yeah. coming out and it's going to play in New York. Yeah. But I'll probably end up saving it for New York, but it is one that is pretty high on my radar. Uh, this one also comes from uh Kleber Mendoka. Philo, I hope I said that correctly, who did Baccarat, which I think was one of the yeah. real big standouts that also came from TIFF that time. But I'm assuming uh, this one, Pictures of Ghosts, is looking through like all of the movie houses and it's supposed to be told like a like a video essay. So uh, I'm very curious to see what they do there. But other than that, I think the only other two that stood out to me, The Human Surge 3, because it's a sequel to The Human Surge 1. There is no Human Surge 2. <laughs> cool experimental and then inside the yellow cocoon shell which i think uh might be really long but um i don't know out of all the experimental ones this is the one that stood out because it was the winner of the camera dior at con so at least with an experimental film if they're making it look really nice then maybe you know you can you can get into the whole idea of what they're going but it's an odyssey across the physical and spiritual landscapes of vietnam in order to reunite his nephew with the boy's estranged father kind of feels like it's going to have i know y'all didn't like the movie but i think you all agreed it looked really nice out of sundance where it was like the waves coming in and he said it was edited as if the waves were coming up and down and he was trying to do a lot of the um well, are you talking about the hawaiian movie that you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah so maybe zach don't watch it inside the yellow cocoon shell that's gonna be 179 minutes but i feel like it's gonna be that vibe. yeah so a lot of very nice landscapes but a lot a very nice movies as we've gone through all of the stuff here at Toronto. There's still a lot of the other stuff that we're going to be catching up on that we're going to be uh, covering as we give you dispatches from Toronto that begins September 7th. We will Definitely. be updating our letterboxes. We're going to be going on here live to be talking about uh, what you should have on your radar. We'll probably even be doing some Twitter X compilations going through what our favorites of the day are going to be because we're going to be there. Um, Amanda's going to be there. I think we Carson said he was going to be there as well. So he's yeah, going to be Carson having some will be there too. There. Um, just honestly helping each other out to stay away from the bad stuff and go in for the good things because there is so much to watch out of everything that we displayed here. Let us know your favorites. What's one movie that we maybe didn't cover that we should have on our radar? Definitely let us know. Um, and what other stuff, especially with New York that's coming up, should be things that we should have on the horizon. But other than that, let's get a little breakdown about just the festival in general uh, in terms of how to navigate it, what to do, because that I think is a, a very important part when you have your schedule ready to go and then you realize you have to somehow teleport to a completely different venue. Exactly. Um, you said you went through the venues a bit, so I don't know if you could break that down. I did. If there's well, anything missing? Um, interesting. Interestingly, like the venues have been changing. Uh, I think the last time you were in Toronto in for yeah. uh, the festival, they were still. Um, they had still. Uh, what is it? The Ryerson Theater, which was up by the college over there. Wait, it's gone. Um, it's gone, man. They they have Stop. really scaled back. That was They're, my midnight theater bro mm-hmm 
not anymore, apparently. Man, he um, sat right next to uh, Batman. Pattinson <laughs> for Lighthouse. Oh, was that the one that, that you saw Pattinson? Yeah. You Damn. did too, did you not? We were all there. No, I wasn't there for that one, although we caught Uncut, uh, uncut Gems there. That, exactly. Um, another great one. Yeah, another uh, obviously great one. Um, but oh, yeah. that sucks, bro. Um, and not only that, last year when I was there, they were still using the uh, dome, the IMAX dome, for some screenings of films like yeah. uh, Knives Out and stuff like that. They did nope there last year, yeah. Exactly. This year they are down to just five venues: the Tiff Bell Lightbox, which is a beautiful it, it's uh, the best auditorium. One. It's it's got incredible of uh, sound, and the screens Dolby. are all pristine. Uh, you got Scotiabank, which is a solid chain movie theater, but Ooh. it is like a chain movie theater. Uh, Ooh, you they know, were you, dumb. What were they never they played dumb? the streaming? The what? They never played streaming movies, Scotiabank Theater, because they were completely oh, against right. the Netflix movie, so they didn't know what to do with Roma, so Roma had to be played at the Tiff Bell Lightbox, which was like, oh, what a shame, we have to go see it in the better theater with Dolby Sound. <laughs> yeah, so Scotiabank's got that uh, that beef with Netflix, although I feel like I saw... They fixed it, because Martin Scorsese came out the following year with a movie, and they exactly, were like, never mind, yeah. yeah, so hypocrites, but yeah, Scotiabank, decent. Uh, you have the Princess of Wales Theater, which is one of the more <laughs> iconic theaters. Uh, with the Vines? Really- yeah. Well, no, no, no. That you're thinking about the uh, Winter Winter Garden Theater. That one is gone, man. The Elgin and Winter Garden no longer part of the festival. Uh, to me, the nicest the nicest venue they got right now is probably Roy Thompson Hall. That's where I saw Fablemans last year. Just like a a very modern big theater. Uh, it feels like it should be a place to see like a, a play or something like that. I think mm-hmm. of the last three that you're showing there, uh, Princess of Wales, Roy Thompson and Royal Alexandra are all predominantly like theatrical, not movie theatrical, but like actual theater like, uh, yeah. stuff. Showings, Broadway yeah. type stuff. Uh, so, so I like ah, Roy Thompson a lot. Uh, Royal Alexandria, it's a nice theater. It's a little bit cramped. Like you might find your knees are a little bit tight after a screening there. But look, we only got five venues uh, now. Now uh, after all, after all the changes, the thing that even though they have like eliminated some of the theaters we liked, eliminated that big IMAX screen and stuff like that, um, it still is. Um, what am I trying to show here? The thing that is cool about what TIFF has done is that they've centralized it a lot. So the furthest that you're going to go is probably between the Scotiabank Theater and is it, uh, I believe, Roy Thompson Hall? So I'm going to pull that up really quickly. Uh, that is a seven-minute walk, according to Google Maps. Sheesh. So let, me, let me present my screen so people can see it. Um, yeah, boom, right there. It's like two and a half blocks between the furthest movie theaters for from each other. So while some festivals like Sundance and South By uh, leave you scrambling across town, sometimes leave you scrambling between different cities in order to catch a screening, most of the stuff in Toronto is going to be pretty centrally located, which will make it pretty easy to bounce between the Princess of Wales Theater, the Tiff Bell Lightbox right down here, the Scotiabank up there, the Roy Thompson Hall right down there. It's all going to be here on a couple blocks in old Toronto. Interesting. Right. Good yeah. little map there. Um, just be careful when you walk in. That's all I'm going to say from what I remember. In what sense? 
uh, where's the, there's like a mall area over here. And if you remember correctly, that's where they filmed the Waterloo guy. I guess the best way to tell you what type of people they are, that's where the vampire guy went. That's where I am from Waterloo. And like, every time I see that video, I keep thinking, dang, did I walk across that guy? I know I walked across someone kind of similar. <laughs> uh, Toronto likes to talk about healthcare. Canada likes to talk about all these different things they have against America. You walk that side of, of right there where, where Zach's got that line. You walk to the right side of that, man, it's it's no better than Times Square. They got like their boom Times Square <laughs> over there. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, but it, it's, you know, a pretty like lively couple of blocks. There's lots of restaurants and stuff like that. I have found personally that on this corner right here, there is a hot dog stand that is both one of the cheapest and most consistent options to get between movies. You stop right on the corner of King Street and John Street, and you can grab... For less than ten bucks, a, a couple hot dogs. Yeah, <laughs> best way to. Uh, not, it's not. It's not regular glizzies either. You got the Polish sausage. You got the Italian sausage. Is it a stand? You got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's a little stand. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's my little tiff tip for uh, oh. festival goers. If you uh, need to find is, some food between screenings, I think they're putting the Nespresso machines out. Just go in there and say you have an interview. Make yourself an espresso pot and dip. There you go. They got way too much espresso pots there. I came back with like a 24-pack one year. It's, they just, they're ridiculous over there. But uh, besides the theaters, um, there's going to be obviously awards that they're going to be having in terms of actors and what the, the people's choice tends to be. And a lot of those awards, I, I'm not going to say are going to define everything, but eventually do end up becoming like really big movies that get catapulted towards award season. So there is Absolutely. that to look out for as well. Um, these were some of the ones from last year to see what people end up getting this year. But overall, I think one of the last comments that you had queued up there would be breaking down what our top five are. And I, I do have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If I may do seven in no particular order. Yeah, this let's do it. These would be mine. I am uh, going to start it off with uh, Les Indesirables. The yeah. Undesirables. The Lodge uh, Lee film? Yeah, the Lodge Lee film, easily. I think that's going to be a fantastic drama. I'm then going to go with Fingernails, the newest one that's going to have Jesse Buckley and Riz Ahmed. I'm going to go with The Boy and the Heron, because I'm very excited to see what the man's working up, Miyazaki. We Grown Now is for sure higher than where I have it right here, but this is the one by Minhao Bai, who did uh, Hala, and she's focusing on a friendship in the Cabrini Green Projects in Chicago. Boy Kills World. Bro. I'm going to have to pick up two images here because, yes, <laughs> the boy is ripped for this one. Skarsgård, Billy, is going all out as, I think it even said he's like a mute fighter. So we'll see how uh, how that develops. And then <laughs> Anatomy of a Fall. I feel like this is already set in stone that it's going to be a classic. Um, I'm very curious to see the performances here as well as how the story unfolds. And then Dream Scenario, dude. The comedy sci-fi mm. that's just going to be all over the place. Great director, great producer, and Nick Cage. Looks like he's going to kill it. Yeah, promising combination of elements for sure. Uh, if I can just if I can just quickly rip off a top five. I know like some of them that you mentioned, some of them that I mentioned. Uh, I'll put the holdovers in there. The latest from Alexander Payne. Uh, return to form, hopefully for Paul Giamatti. It just looks like a a fun. Uh, coming-of-age uh, type throwback movie. Uh, American Fiction, the directorial debut from Cord Jefferson, has me really intrigued, particularly given that it stars Jeffrey Wright. I have perfect days, but we can just call this my sort of, like, con 
award winners slot because I'm I'm interested in Anatomy of a Fall. I'm interested in Zone of Interest. I'm interested in How to Have Sex. Right? This is probably the one that I'm most interested in of all of them based on the things that I've heard. Um, although there are a lot of really, really uh, cool films that have debuted already that we're going to get a chance to catch up with there. Um, my number two is one that you mentioned. It's We Grown Now. I think the premise is really exciting. I think the filmmaker is really exciting. Very interested to check that one out. Uh, but I got at my number one fingernails like you. I I thought Apples is just like one of the really underlooked great films that we got recently. And uh, I'm intrigued to see what he does with the with an American uh, production and these great actors. Isn't it funny that it's going to Apple? I know. It, it seems like faded that way. Uh, but that's all of the picks, all of the stuff that we have for this Toronto preview. Yeah. Let us know if you're going, if you have any recommendations for us, any movies, any tips, any tricks, all that good stuff. We're here to listen to all that, too. But yeah. uh, other than that, we'll be updating everything dealing with the fest. You can follow me over at LME Movies on all social media. Zach, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Zshevich, Z-S-H-E-V-I-C-H, and... Uh, oh, V as in the Visa screening room at the Princess of Wales. There we go. I got one. And you can uh, follow my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. A big shout out to all the InterCutie patrons who support us uh, monthly over on the Intercut patron channel. A big shout out to all the listeners who are here live giving us some updates as well. Uh, I know one of the things that I recently got was an update on NIAD. Netflix. NIAD, yeah. NIAD, I don't know. Somewhat, yeah. It's going to be out at the end of October, beginning of November. So some really good updates there. We appreciate all of that. A big shout out to all of the iTunes listeners who leave us those five-star reviews. Every five-star review you leave, it's a whole category of movies that we get to see at these film festivals mm-hmm. and more coverage that we can bring you. Uh, a big shout out to everyone who listens live every week here on the Intercut Podcast YouTube yeah. channel uh, as we cover all of our must-watch movies and all of the Toronto picks as well. Uh, and again, uh, in the middle of TIFF, we will be together, so we'll be able to do a hangout where it is virtual with y'all. But Zach and I will be together. We will be sharing one of those glizzies uh, over at the Toronto market. Uh, other than go. that, let us know your thoughts down below and anything else dealing with movies. Yeah. And we'll send you some. Uh, oh, and I was gonna just going to say and, and another thank you to those patrons. You know, to, we'll send uh, you to patrons. Shark, Cademan, Connor, Josh, May, Ricky, Joe, Janicia, Tyler, Benji, Yudin, Veer, Sam, and Wiley just before we go. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you in Toronto. Any last words, Art? Big shout out to uh, all of the patrons. Keep watching movies. <laughs>